Welcome to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere. Lots to talk about. Uh, we have an NBA champion. We have week five of the NFL season, and uh, things in the sports world are going well. Basketball and hockey were able to complete their 2020 seasons. Shocker. I knew it would work, and it did. Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions, and now the Los Angeles Lakers are the NBA champions. We'll get into the Lakers in a little bit. Week 5 NFL had plenty of storylines. We will get into that, uh, but I will start with this. You know, um, we hear this phrase all the time, right? When a player we don't like on a team we don't like gets hurt, you know, we'll always say, well, you know, I'm a I'm an Eagles fan, but, you know, I saw that Dak Prescott injury, and I'm, you know, we always have to preface our comments by saying, but we, we don't like this person, but we are, or we don't like this team, but we're sympathetic towards them. I'm not going to say that. I am a Washington fan, but I'm going to say it on a more personal level. Obviously, Dak Prescott got hurt yesterday as the Cowboys somehow still managed to beat the New York Giants, the 0-5 New York Giants. Um, and Dak Prescott uh, will be out for the season with a compound fracture in his right ankle, uh, so he'll miss the final 11 games of the season, and uh, he will have a long, lengthy rehab. Uh, Dak Prescott's one of the good guys. I come on this show and I bang on him, but he really is one of one of the good guys in the NFL. Um, you know, from what I've, I mean, the reaction I saw on social media yesterday, everybody just sort of loves Dak Prescott, and I get it. You know, he's He's a good guy. He's a good spokesperson, a good face of the league. Uh, and I say he's one of the faces of the league because he is the starting quarterback for the most marketable team in the NFL, um, which is the Dallas Cowboys. And so it's a big loss for not just the Cowboys, but for the NFL that Dak Prescott went down. Now, the Cowboys aren't great. They're 2-3. and three, Okay, and they're very lucky to not be 0-5 right now. Okay, but they, the Cowboys are still, for whatever reason, the face of the NFL. And Dak Prescott is the face of the face of the NFL, the Cowboys. And so it's a big loss, especially considering everything Dak has gone through this year with the loss of his brother and um, the loss of his mother all those years ago. You know, he's talked about being depressed during uh, the time of COVID. Um and it's just, it's pretty gut-wrenching when you think about just how much this means uh, to him, how much this meant to him uh, to play this year, um, to figure out a way um, to put together some semblance of a really good season for the Cowboys and four and a half games later to start the year, and he's out. Uh, he's never missed a game. Dak Prescott had started 69 consecutive games, 72 if you include the playoffs, for the Cowboys, I hadn't seen a guy do that in a long time. Um, you know, not even Troy Aikman or Tony Romo could stay upright that long, and Dak Prescott was able to. And uh, you know, it's 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 hard. You know, I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like Dak Prescott, but I, I still was watching last night, and I was feeling for the person that is Dak Prescott, not the player. I've got plenty of criticisms for Dak Prescott, the player, but as a person, I have no, I I can't say anything bad about him. He's a great person. Um, he is a great ambassador for the league, and he's a great face for the Dallas Cowboys. He's no drama. Uh, he's rarely in the news for the wrong reasons. Um, and overall, he is just... There's nobody that's more class personified 
and nobody that represents his team better than probably Dak Prescott. And he's been durable. Up until yesterday, he's been arguably the most durable quarterback in the NFL. There's some guys that are durable with him, like Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers, but Dak Prescott's young, and he uses his body, and he throws his body around, sort of caution at the wind, and he somehow still stays upright. He's had a couple of flirts with concussions during his career, but he's never missed a game. He's never really missed playing time. He, he rarely misses a snap. Even when the game's out of hand, Dak still wants to go out there. Um, and he was on pace to throw for almost 6,800 yards and over 800 pass attempts this season. If he had played and if the game script would work out, Dak would have had a truly historic season. And it's it seems like he'll be robbed of that. And I do feel for him. I feel for the person of Dak Prescott because, you know, nobody deserves to go through that on the same day that Alex Smith gets to come back and play for Washington after missing almost two years with a very similar injury, uh, you just hate that you can't avoid it. You know, it's sort of just a freak accident all the time. So, on a day where there was plenty to talk about in the football world, obviously the injury to Dak is the big story, and I just wanted to take the time to say how much I appreciate him and his him speaking up uh, for depression and for people that are dealing with depression. He's been a solid spokesperson for that cause as well. And for everything that he's gone through, uh, losing his mother all those years ago, uh, losing his brother to suicide this year, and now just suffering a horribly painful and demoralizing injury that will require a long, lengthy rehab. Uh, and he won't be able to go out for his team for the first time in his NFL career. It's just very hard for him, so I feel for him as a player and as a person. So now getting back to the football aspect of it, I don't really think this, in a football sense, hurts the Cowboys that much. It's a big loss for leadership, locker room, morale. But offensive production, look, Andy Dalton is a 33-year-old backup quarterback. He shouldn't be that good, but he came in yesterday and he actually he actually looked pretty good. He was 9 of 11. He threw for over 110 yards in mop-up duty, and he'll be the starter moving forward. Uh, threw a couple of really beautiful long balls to Michael Gallup. Um, Look, Andy Dalton's going to be fine. The Cowboys aren't going to be very good. Okay, and they're not. I know you think, oh, this is a bad division. Dallas is not winning the NFC East. Okay, without Dak Prescott, they, they have very small shot. I think this is clearly still the Eagles division, and they will figure it out because Dallas has some really tough games coming up, um, and they won't have their, their, quarter, their best quarterback on their roster. And Dak Prescott, from a statistical output, has been a top five maybe even the number one overall quarterback in terms of statistical output this season. So you'll lose that. Okay. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, and they get the Arizona Cardinals next week, and they're 3-2, and two, and Dak or and the Cowboys against winning teams the last few years have not been very good, and they have the worst defense. They barely won a shootout yesterday over the 0-5 Giants, who have the 32nd-ranked offense in the NFL. They still were able to drop 34 on the Cowboys. That's that's not good. Okay, that's not... I don't want that to be, you know, a sign that, oh, Dallas put up 37. They were able to put up another 13 points with Andy Dalton at quarterback. It's the Giants. They barely beat them at home. Okay, let's pump the brakes on the Dallas Cowboys. They are going to be a mediocre team at best. They still have the worst defense in the NFL, and yesterday did not change that. Um... And it's just, it's not going to work. Okay, they're not a playoff team. I'm not looking, and especially without Dak Prescott, 
the Cowboys just aren't a playoff team, even in this in that division. So that's my Cowboys spiel. I know I, I always sort of talk about them at the front of the show, but it was obviously the dominating headline yet again. Before I get into more Week 5 NFL stuff, obviously there was a NBA game last night, the last NBA game of the season of the bubble, and the Lakers won the finals. LeBron James won finals MVP. The Lakers have 17 titles, and LeBron has four. And uh, the haters, I guess you could say, for LeBron James are starting to become a little bit more quiet. LeBron James, in these finals, averaged 30-12-9. At the age of 36, for his third different organization, for his fifth different finals head coach, and with, in my opinion one of the worst supporting casts I've ever seen in an NBA champion. Anthony Davis is great, and, and you could have made an argument for AD to be finals MVP, but Danny Green was awful. Rajon Rondo is old, and he can't shoot the way he used to. Missing layups out there. Okay, in a critical game six in the NBA finals, Rajon Rondo was missing layups. Okay, Contevis Caldwell-Pope is not an ideal number three option, but he was sort of by default, he was. JaVale McGee disappeared. Danny Green was just too big of a liability from shooting three, and Markeith Morris was making critical turnovers. That critical turnover in Game 5 that cost the Lakers a chance to close it out in 5, they had to close it out in 6 instead. Um, look, 28 postseason triple-doubles and averaged 30, 12, and 9 with his fifth different finals head coach, with his third different finals team. There's, It's the same old LeBron. Come on. What are we what are we still doing here talking about how he's overrated, how he can't win in the West? Oh, he just blew through the West. He blew through. Oh, Portland had a losing record. Well, they still had Damian Lillard, didn't they? Playoff Dame. You you want to talk about Damian Lillard? He still he still goes out there and everyone still loves him in the playoffs. LeBron beat him. And then he goes and plays James Harden and Russell Westbrook and no problem. Almost swept him. Took 5 games. Oh, and then the Denver Nuggets, they beat the Clippers. You know, they beat, oh, beat them in 5-2. That was pretty easy. Oh, but the Miami Heat have barely lost in the playoffs, so they, there was a good chance the Lakers could have swept that series. But they still have one of the worst supporting casts in the league. That, that Without LeBron, that is the 2017 New Orleans Pelicans. They are, they are in no way, shape, or form talent, even close to good enough without LeBron James. And that is a fact. You cannot sit up here and tell me that this team could have won this championship without LeBron James, or even made the playoffs. Because they didn't last year. Last year, the Lakers were a playoff-bound team until LeBron James got hurt, and they had a miserable record while LeBron was out, and it forced them to miss the playoffs. Okay? So we, we, we can sit up here and say all we want. Oh, you know... LeBron James is old. You know, he doesn't have what he used to have. They're the 2017 Pelicans. Anthony Davis and a bunch of old veterans who just don't work together. And the Pelicans that year went 34-48, and 48, even though they had Anthony Davis. They had Anthony Davis. He was the All-Star Game MVP that year. Okay, they had Anthony Davis that year, the Pelicans, and they, they were 14 games under 500, a 34-win team. That's the Lakers this year if LeBron wasn't there. LeBron is there, and they won, and they swept their way almost all the way to winning the NBA Finals. We need to start talking about LeBron James. 
being the most valuable player in the history of the NBA. He has been in his prime for 17 straight years. There's never been a prime like LeBron's. He has won an NBA Finals with three different organizations. You know how many players have done that as the number one guy? Nobody. Do you know how many people have won Finals MVP with three different organizations? Nobody. Do you know how many guys have won three NBA Finals or four NBA Finals with four different with three different head coaches? Not a lot. Guess who has? Yep. The guy you keep trying to discredit, the guy you keep trying to say is overrated, the guy you keep trying to say is washed up. LeBron James just did it. He, he just silenced all of you. Well, he can't win a finals MVP with three different teams. Just did. Well, he won, he won in the sorry, pathetic East. He can't do it in the West. Oh, he almost did it even more easy, easily in the West. Okay, he, he, uh, he went through Denver. Young team that took down Kawhi, Paul George, Doc Rivers, and the Clippers got Doc Rivers fired. That's who, that LeBron took them down. Oh, LeBron's lucky he didn't have to play the Clippers. Okay, well, the Clippers are lucky they didn't have to face the Lakers because the Clippers couldn't beat the Nuggets. So if they if they somehow squeaked by Denver, then they would have had to play LeBron and AD, two freight trains, who they struggled with in the bubble when they played. People will give excuses as long as there are excuses to be given, and LeBron James has had no excuses his entire career. He's put his head down, he's worked, he has made himself better, and he has adjusted his body to play at an elite level in his mid to late 30s. And LeBron James, in my opinion, still has a championship run left in him, or two. And you have to really consider rethinking your greatest of all time arguments when you go with MJ and LeBron. LeBron's done it with three different organizations. Michael Jordan couldn't even do it with his second. Michael, Jor uh, Michael Jordan couldn't make the playoffs with his second organization. Oh, LeBron has just won the finals with his third organization. He's won an NBA finals everywhere he's gone. Miami, Cleveland, Los Angeles, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's Eric Spolstra or Ty Lue or Frank Vogel. Doesn't matter. LeBron James has won with everyone. Oh, he made the finals with David Platt as his head coach. <laughs> stop. Everyone just stop where you're at and bashing LeBron James. He's the best foot. He's the best basketball player I've ever seen. Nothing will change that, and last night only validated it for me. So there was that. Lakers win the finals. LeBron in the finals averaged 30, 12, and 9. Where are his haters today? 30 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists a game. The guy's 36 years old, and he's playing with old washed-up veterans like Danny Green and JaVale McGee and Markeith Morris. And somehow it just works. Somehow. And, and oh, with Frank Vogel. Didn't he get fired by the Pacers? Le LeBron just makes all of that work. It's weird. I know. You, you still want to discredit LeBron James, but for some reason it all still just works. So, okay. We do this every week. We do the good, bad, and the ugly of the week five games on Sunday. Lots of good, lots of bad, and a whole lot of ugly every week. We always see it. We always point it out, and uh, it is time for the good, bad, and the ugly of the week five. All right, we'll start with the good. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, is there ever been a more confusing player in the history of the NFL? Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday. First of all, Ryan Fitzpatrick 
who is a lifetime backup quarterback. You know, I call Nick Foles a glorified Fitzpatrick. Last week, he threw zero touchdown passes and two interceptions. Okay, and he had a pass rating of 66 and lost a winnable game against Seattle. All right, and that was like, okay, that's really who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. This week, 22 of 28, 350 yards and three touchdowns, 150, 155 pass rating, completed almost 79% of his passes, uh, and averaged 12 and a half yards a pass. I, and against San Francisco, this is the 49ers who made the Super Bowl last year. I don't understand Ryan Fitzpatrick. I hope someone can because I just don't get it. He's had week one, 45 passer rating, week four, 66 passer rating, but then week two, 100 passer rating, week three, 133 passer rating, and then this week, 155 passer rating. I don't get it. They're, the Dolphins are somehow a two and three football team. I think they're very well coached. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is holding on to that Dolphins starting job for dear life before Tua Tungavailoa comes in and becomes the franchise quarterback. I don't understand him. I'm hoping somebody can because he's the most confusing. So his best weeks, he's literally Peyton Manning on his best day. On his worst day, he's literally Jamarcus Russell, and there's no in-between. He's either unbelievably elite or he's completely unwatchable. I think it depends on the matchup, but sometimes it doesn't. Seattle was a... a a good matchup for him last week. I thought he could have attacked Seattle's horrible defense, and he was awful. No touchdowns, two picks. 49ers have a pretty decent defense. Three touchdowns, no picks. Almost had a perfect pass rating. Don't understand it. Wish I could. All right, uh, who else was good? Oh, Alex Smith's comeback. That was really good. Uh, Alex Smith didn't play well against the Rams yesterday in his return from a gruesome leg injury that happened almost two years ago. Um... To be exact, it happened 23 months ago. After 23 months on the mend, Alex Smith came back, captain checked down himself. He was not great yesterday uh, for Washington uh, as they lost 30-10, to and Alex Smith was 9 of 17 for 37 yards and took six sacks, uh, and he also fumbled once but didn't lose it. But the fact that Alex Smith, after that horrible leg injury, I didn't think he'd ever get to play football again. He does. He gets to play. He got to play the entire second half against Los Angeles yesterday. Um, and honestly, he may have a chance to start football games towards the end of the year. 36 years old, was able to come back from that. It's an incredible story. Kudos to Alex Smith from this Washington football fan. Uh, who else was good? I mean, I put this every week. I, I don't know how you can not say Russell Wilson after watching his performance against the Vikings yesterday. Completed his first 15 passes threw three touchdowns in, in the second half, including a dagger it, late in the fourth quarter to beat Minnesota to DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf legitimately looks like the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Okay, and Russell Wilson is just tearing, and it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Minnesota, who I have always respected their defense. Russell Wilson is just murdering every defense he faces. 19 touchdowns, three picks through five games, and they are 5-0. and and Russell Wilson is still the leading candidate for MVP. He just continues to do it every week, and I just don't understand him. I don't understand how he's never gotten an MVP vote before. I, I don't get it. He's the best quarterback alive. Who else was good? The Raiders' offense was amazing yesterday. That was good. 40 points at Kansas City. Derek Carr, 22 of 31, 347 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. 127 passer rating against the Chiefs yesterday. Derek Carr had never gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Mahomes and beaten him, and he put together the absolute perfect performance. 
to do it yesterday. They've got a bevy of weapons. Okay, they've got uh, they've got Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar's come alive, Darren Waller's an excellent tight end, and a backup tight end, and Jason Witten, who's as sure-handed as they get. Oh, and they've got Hunter Renfro. Oh, and they've got one of the best backs in the league, Josh Jacobs. That is a great offense, and they can go, they've proven to you, with John Gruden at head coach, they can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and beat them. The Raiders are interesting. They could potentially be vying for a wild-card playoff spot with John Gruden and Derek Carr. Okay, Chase Claypool was excellent yesterday. The Steelers are 4-0 after missing their game last week because of COVID uh, that hit the Titans. Chase Claypool, four touchdowns, rookie wide receiver. He had seven catches for 110 yards and three touchdowns, and he carried the ball three times for six yards and another touchdown. He's 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 amazing. He touched the ball ten times. He scored almost half the time. Uh, he's a rookie. No one knows anything about Chase Claypool, and he comes out and he scores four touchdowns against the Eagles. Yeah, that's, that's highly impressive. I got to give it up for him. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, 239 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He is looking like he could make a chance for back for comeback player of the year. Ten touchdowns, one pick, 4-0 record, completing almost 70% of his throws. And uh, 110 pass rating, and guess what? The Steelers, they have a tough division, and so far they are holding up tight. They are 4-0 and just a half game in second place. Actually, they're a half game in first place. In the AFC North, that includes the 4-1 Browns and the 4-1 Ravens, who many people thought could be a Super Bowl team. Steelers are exceeding expectation. All right, the, speaking of the Ravens and the Browns, I'm going to go with both of them. The Ravens, I told you, they'd be fine. They, they got blown out two weeks ago by the Chiefs. I said, don't worry. They're fine. They're the Ravens. They came out yesterday, and Joe Burrow, who has thrown for 300 yards and three straight games before yesterday, was absolutely dominated by the Ravens' front seven. I mean, he was a punching bag, sacrificial lamb, whatever you want to call it yesterday against the Ravens. He got beat up. That offensive line for Cincinnati is awful. Okay, no mistake. And he went back there, and he took seven sacks, and nobody's been sacked in the NFL more than Joe Burrow. Um, but still, that's a good quarterback. That's a good quarterback that the Ravens faced yesterday, and they made him look absolutely pedestrian. 66 passer rating against Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, Still put up two touchdown passes and an interception, 180 yards. That They're fine. Everyone just cool it on the Ravens. They're 4-1. and one. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. And since the start of last year, no team has won more games than Baltimore, than John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. They're fine. And then the Browns. They beat the Colts. Best defense in the league through five weeks. And Baker Mayfield, without his running game at his best, actually put together a good... Now look, Phillip Rivers sort of torpedoed that and we'll get into philip rivers in a little bit but baker mayfield 247 yards and two touchdown passes against the league's best defense that made nick Foles look horrendous last week baker mayfield came in and looked pretty good i'm impressed i gotta say i've been impressed by baker this year and uh they the browns are four and one who'd have thought they're on a four game winning streak this is cleveland we're talking about this is Baker Mayfield and the Browns on a four-game winning streak. Never thought I'd say it, but here they are. So that was the good. Plenty of good. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith's comeback, uh, Chase Claypool, Russell Wilson, the Raiders offense, and then the whole Ravens and Cleveland Browns. All right, the bad. Plenty of bad. We'll start with the Chiefs defense. 
Wow. Uh, on the contrary, the Raiders' offense was great, but the Chiefs' defense was leaving guys wide open all day. This is a defense that shut down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Baltimore just two weeks ago. Um, and then two weeks later, they're getting dismantled at home by Derek Carr. The NFL is so weird. I don't understand it sometimes, but Derek Carr looked like an MVP quarterback yesterday against Kansas City. The Chiefs lo lose their first game of the year. They're, there are plenty of people that are going to be selling low on the Chiefs this week after their 40-32 to 32 loss to Las Vegas. But they are still the best all-around team in the NFL. Every team has a hiccup here and there. And this was probably the Chiefs' wake-up call. Maybe it's them saying, hey, we may not be as good as we were sort of strutting our stuff around earlier this week. We may need to pull back. Okay. And, okay, the Chiefs are still great. I still think they're the best team in the NFL, at least second best team in the NFL. Everybody loses. The Chiefs were not going to go 16-0 and this season. And uh, they got exposed yesterday. This is a wake-up call. They need to figure it out. All right, who else was bad? The New York Jets. They're always in the ugly, but I'm going to put them in the bad. They did not completely fall apart. They had double the yards and first downs that the Washington football team had yesterday. And they had Joe Flacco, who did not completely fall apart against the Cardinals yesterday. But still, that, that offense is brutal. They're 0-5, and they're still going to trot Adam Gase out there uh, as a sort of a sacrificial lamb. They don't, they're not competitive. They're not putting up anything on offense. And, and Joe Flacco was the sacrificial lamb. I keep using that word, but he was used as a punching bag out there. He wasn't accurate, and there just were not a lot of throws for him to make. And Adam Gase's, it seems like a completely complex scheme. I don't love the Jets. They, they might go 0-16 or 1-15, but there is no way this football team is winning anything this season. They're awful. Uh, who else was bad? The 49ers quarterback situation. They trotted Garoppolo out there on two weeks off from a high ankle sprain. Those, those injuries don't take two weeks to heal. They take a lot longer, but the 49ers were like, we need to get Garoppolo out there. He did. He was 7 of 17 for 77 yards and two interceptions, and he was replaced at halftime by C.J. Beathard. And C.J. Beathard's not great. Okay, he's got a 1-9 record in 10 career NFL starts, and Nick Mullins is not much better. That situation is in flummox. I don't know if Garoppolo can play next week against the Rams. This is... <laughs> this is not good. This is a two and three football team that doesn't seem to have a quarterback right now playing in arguably the hardest of it. They're, they're fourth in the NFC West. That's a tough division. And San Francisco was in the Super Bowl last year. Just goes to show you how hard it was that that offensive output yesterday against the Dolphins was kind of disgraceful. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he needs to heal up because or else that that they're the most injury prone team in the NFL right now. They've lost two key defenders and they might've lost their quarterback for a lot longer. And all, you know what else was bad? Bill O'Brien, now former Texans head coach. He didn't do anything this weekend except watch his team win their first game of the year, blowing out the division rival Jaguars. Gardner Minshew has been given some defenses fits all year and he sort of gave Houston some fits yesterday, but they, they get rid of Bill O'Brien, no problem. They actually put up a 16-point home win, and it made him look bad. Bill O'Brien was 0-4 when he got fired. They are 1-0 since he got fired. That's not a good look. Okay, and if the Falcons win next week, you'll see the exact same thing. Speaking of the Falcons, we're going into the ugly. We'll start with Atlanta. They had to fire their coach and their GM after losing at home to Carolina, and they're 0-5, and they have two of the most embarrassing losses of the season on their resume, Dan Quinn and, Dem and Thomas Dimitrov both fired after an 0-5 start. Look, 
Thomas Dimitrov has been there since 2008, and they've actually put together two NFC Championship caliber teams in two different eras. They had a uh, they had a team in 2012 make the NFC Championship game, ultimately losing to Colin Kaepernick's Niners, and then they had a Super Bowl team in 2016 that probably suffered the most embarrassing loss in the history of modern sports to the New England Patriots. And uh, so yeah, that's there's that. That's why they're that's why they are fired because they did not win that Super Bowl the last four seasons now. They have been completely demoralized as a franchise, and they have not recovered from blowing that 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. That's exactly why. That's why they got fired. You could argue 0-5, and, and that's why they got fired. You know, they're not really competitive. The def- They've struggled to put a defense and offensive line together, but the real reason is that Super Bowl just completely um, just demoralized that franchise, and I don't know how they can recover. Uh, you know what else was ugly? The Washington defense and offensive line. Jared Goff had his way yesterday at FedEx Field. There was just wide open receivers all over the place. We sort of prided the Washington defense as being one of the league's elite defenses. Not yesterday. I get it. The Rams have some of the most creative play calling in the NFL. But Jared Goff wasn't... They. The, the Washington has a good pass rush. Chase Young came back. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. These guys can play. Not yesterday. They, Jared Goff had very little pressure all day, and he was throwing bullets to wide-open receivers, and the Washington offensive line gave up eight sacks yesterday to Kyle Allen and Alex Smith. That's a liability. They had gotten better. I'd even come on here and say they had gotten better. The defense was getting Chase Young back. This was like an upset special. Boom, Rams come in and win by 20. I don't know how it happened, but it did, and it was awful. Uh, Phillip Rivers was real ugly yesterday. The the. I'll tell you what, they need to find a new quarterback, Indianapolis, because that is a that is a well-put-together roster by everyone in the Colts front office, and Phillip Rivers is running it into the ground. 21 of 33, 243, no touchdowns, two interceptions, including a pick six against the Browns yesterday. It was awful. It, was, it wasn't even close to good enough, and they've got a running game, they've got nice young receivers, and they've got an excellent defense, but it doesn't matter because 39-year-old Phillip Rivers is running it into the ground. The Colts are 3-2. and two. They have the best defense in the NFL. It didn't matter. It, it just didn't matter. They, the defense was the, the difference in that game because Phillip Rivers actually threw a pick six, which gave Cleveland seven points that they didn't deserve. So, you know, you talk about the defense, oh, they gave up 32 points. No, they didn't. They gave up 25 points, and it was really – Phillip Rivers throwing it right to the other team. He wasn't good yesterday. And he hasn't been good this year. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. They're one of the more talented teams in the NFL being held back by their quarterback. Last but not least, the Philadelphia Eagles got just killed yesterday on defense by the Steelers. It's the Steelers, and it was at Heinz Field, but they lost by nine in a huge game and let Dallas take over first place of the NFC East. I don't know what's wrong with the Eagles. They get to play Baltimore next week. They're going to be 1-4-1 and in a game and a half likely out of first place. I don't understand why they're so bad. They're not supposed to be this bad, but they are, and there's no end in sight. They have a tough upcoming schedule, including the Ravens next week. Carson Wentz, two more interceptions. He's thrown nine picks in five games. He's only thrown seven in each of the last three years. He's thrown nine through five games this season. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he looks horrible. Okay, Uh, so the bad was the Chiefs defense, the Jets, the 49ers quarterback situation, and Bill O'Brien watching from home. The ugly was the Falcons team, Washington football team. Uh, Philip Rivers and the Eagles. All right, so tonight we have the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football, and we actually have a Tuesday night game tomorrow night. If all goes well with COVID testing, the Bills will play the Tennessee Titans. Titans will finally come back and actually play football. 
for the first time in what feels like forever. Um, and the Broncos and Patriots get an unexpected bye week after their COVID test positive. Uh, they're still missing Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and apparently one of another player we don't know about. But positive. All right, the tests have been negative for the Patriots and the Titans this morning. So the Titans look like they will finally play. We can only hope they're missing so many players on the COVID-19 restriction list. Uh, we will be back tomorrow uh, to talk more about week, th week five of the NFL season. But we did do the good, bad, and the ugly. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. There's a lot more to talk about, and I do want to get to it. You've been listening to The Jadava Show, and I'm your host, Jacob Valliere. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you back here tomorrow.